you can stay where you are. You can go to your seat. If the musicians just stay close. I just want to quickly dive into the word of the Lord tonight and just release what I believe is a prophetic word. And then uh, Kevin's going to tie a bow in it. I think we're in alignment without even planning it. But I will read one passage of scripture, Isaiah chapter 55. I'm going to start in verse 8 and read through verse 11. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For just as rain and snow fall from heaven, and do not return without saturating the earth, and making it germinate and sprout, and providing seed to sow and food to eat, so my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I sent it to do. So you can wait, but stay close, okay? Stay close. I just want to talk about something the Lord downloaded to me at actually 4 a.m. this morning. After a feeding with Genesis, I look at your neighbor and say, double rain. For just as rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat, so my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I sent it to, to do. Look at your neighbor and say, double rain. This is going to be so fun. So for the Lord to speak to me in the middle of the night is a miracle in itself because I'm still in mom phase and sleep is very precious to me. But I had a, a very spiritually uh, awakening night last night. Um, I actually woke up from a very spiritual dream with a pillow full of wet tears. And it did not stop at church this morning and has not stopped for most of the day. And the Lord spoke these words to me, Devin, I will send double rain upon my people and upon this nation. I didn't know that I would actually release this tonight, but the Lord has just downloaded, if you will allow me just to prophesy and not preach a sermon, I want to release what I believe is about to happen as we are approaching this last Sunday of January during our 100 days to glory, and we are transitioning into February, which is 2-22, or the month of double. For those of you that were here November 14th when we started the journey of 100 Days to Glory, or at least releasing the word, toward the end of the sermon, the Lord uh, began to speak through me about this being a year of double. And we know with it being two, with it being 2022, it's not doesn't really take a gift of prophecy to discern that two is a number of double. But it was more than just looking at two and calling it a number of double. It was spirit breathed upon. And I still have been seeing and declaring a double over the church in this year. And as we enter into the month of February and we turn over into 2-2022, what I came to prophesy tonight is that we are about to see a release of double rain upon the bride of Christ and upon this nation. Look at your neighbor again and say, she said double rain. 
So as we enter this month of double, we were at noon prayer on Tuesday, this past Tuesday. And as we passed through the gates of praise and thanksgiving and we climbed Mount Zion and we entered into a realm of intercession, it was such a powerful day of prayer specifically for our nation. Kevin got up and began to release this word, dry seasons are over. I want you to shout that back at me. Dry seasons are over. And he began to sing that and he began to prophesy that and we begin to feel that shift over this room and over this nation not only did he prophesy dry seasons are over but he said rain is coming shout that back at me rain is coming and I'm here to tell you there is a rain that the Lord is about to release from heaven that is about to end the dry season over your life over the bride of Christ and over this nation I came to prophesy we're about to get wet we're about to get wet We've been talking about the languages of God on Wednesday night, and one of the languages we haven't covered yet is nature. Nature is one of the languages of God. Everything that you see in the natural realm is merely a physical, tangible representation of a supernatural realm that you can only detect with your spiritual senses. You can't see with your spiritual eyes or smell, physical eyes or physical nose. We have natural senses that make us aware of the natural realm, but I I'm here to tell you that the Lord uses nature and creation to reflect a supernatural realm. It testifies of his glory, and he will use it to speak. And so you don't have to be a super prophetic person to use the language of nature and creation to allow God to speak to you. And quite often, what God is wanting to do in a supernatural realm, he will release in a natural realm as a precursor or a signal to his people of what he wants to do in a supernatural realm. And one of those natural phenomenons that are used throughout Scripture to signify a spiritual principle is rain is rain. We see rain on a regular basis in our daily lives. Most of us see it as an inconvenience. We don't like to get our hair wet. We don't like dangerous travel conditions. We don't like the temperature drop that happens when it rains. But I'm here to tell you, the rain you see in the natural is merely a reflection of the seasonal cycles that happen in the spirit realm. There is seed time and harvest, and there is a rain cycle that happens in the spirit. And I'm here to tell you when we were in prayer on Tuesday night I saw a swelling in the spirit and all I can liken it to specifically over our nation even over our nation's capital I saw the swelling of clouds heavy with rain in the atmosphere if anyone has ever seen the sky before the rain begins any old timers or anybody had a grandparent that would say it smells like rain smells like rain. Something happens in the atmosphere. There's a pressure shift. There's a temperature drop. But most importantly, you can look at the sky and you see a change in the clouds above you. It goes from the wispy, beautiful, cirrus clouds to what we call the fat, chunky, cumulus clouds. The clouds that are not empty, the clouds that are not airy, but they are pregnant with something. They are pregnant with rain. And when you see those clouds in the sky, they 
look heavy. They look daunting. They look as if any moment they could break. And the moment the first raindrop starts falling, it's as if there's a cloud burst. That's what we call it. The clouds open up, and whatever those cumulus clouds were pregnant with, they begin to drop it and, to the, and through the atmosphere to the earth, and we experience rain. And I'm here to tell you in the spirit, as we are approaching February of 2022, in the middle of the 100 days of glory, what I saw in my spirit is pregnant clouds in the atmosphere of the spirit realm that are heavy. They are full of something. The atmosphere is not empty. It has been saturated with water, and we are about to get wet. We are about to experience the rain of God, not only the rain of God, but the double rain of God. I want to talk for just a moment, if Chad can throw it up there, about the rain cycle. Because we are very familiar with principles in Scripture in the natural realm that also speak spiritual truths. One of the most common natural uh, realm principles that Jesus referred to in his parables was seed time and harvest. He was in an agricultural community. He often used harvest and seed and, and planting and sowing to teach spiritual principles. And what I want to teach for just a second, right in the middle of this prophetic word, it's just like we plant in the natural. We till the ground, we put seed in the ground, we cover it with dirt, rain falls, sunlight shines, and then something springs forth. There is a sowing in the heavenlies that is just as real as the sowing in the soil below us. It is a two-dimensional sowing. And so I'm going to throw this rain cycle up here as a natural principle to show you that not only is there seed time and harvest, in the ground, there is seed time and harvest in the heavenlies above us. Because rain that comes from the sky does not start in the sky. The rain cycle does not begin above us, even though that's where we tangibly see it. That's where we experience the fruit of it. It does not begin in the sky. It begins on the ground. And what is sown from the ground that moves to the sky determines what will fall when the rain starts falling. Okay? So this is, real, this is a real scientific principle that's going to teach us something today. First of all, you have to have a body of water. That's the collection point. Whether it's a lake, a river, an ocean, whatever it is, you have to have a body of water. And what happens is that body of water, when sunlight hits it, when a heat lits hits it, it changes form and it evaporates. And as it evaporates, it will move up into the sky. And in the sky, it goes through a process from evaporation to condensation, meaning the rain that goes up, it begins to collect together. And you have the forming of those rain clouds. It begins to come together. And so so over a period of hours, over a period of days, over a period of weeks, evaporation might happen. But every droplet that evaporates will begin to hold itself in a form in the sky for a set time that it will release together. I want you to hear this. Evaporation takes place over a long period of time, but every droplet that evaporates, one droplet doesn't make a cloud. One droplet does not make a rain cloud. Many droplets evaporated over a period of time will build a cloud that gets so pregnant and gets so heavy, it reaches a tipping point, and what has been condensing now begins to fall in what we call precipitation. 
This is what's crazy. You don't see evaporation. You might see steam on a body of water. You might see evidence of it. But on a daily basis, you don't even recognize the evaporation that is taking place. On a daily basis, you don't see droplet by droplet the condensation taking place. But we do see the end result when the cloud rends open and all that has been collecting in one moment falls to the ground and it saturates any area that it falls to. Pastor Devin, you are preaching the rain cycle because I know where I'm going. And I'm here to tell you, this is what the spirit realm looks like. We pray for something we have not sown into the heavenlies for. If we are in a dry season in our life or in our nation, it's because there's not been a body of water that has been able to ascend into the heavenlies in the form of evaporation and produce a cloud over our head. What is that body of water? It's your worship. It's your intercession. It's what we're doing in these hundred days. We are building a body of water that as the spirit of the Lord receives it, it goes up into heaven just like the rain cycle. Those prayers go up. Those offerings of worship go up. Those times of intercession go up. I need to talk to somebody who's cried some tears. Those tears become seed and they go up into the heavenlies. And what you will find is days of prayer weeks of prayer months of prayer sometimes even years of prayer it will seem like it's not effective it will seem like it's not changing anything it will seem like nothing is happening but that's because you are ignorant of spiritual principles I'm here to tell you drop by drop tear by tear prayer by prayer meal by meal that you fast day by day that you get into your word and you commit to what God's asking you to do there is an evaporation that's taking place and there is a condensation in the heavenlies that is happening over my house and your house and this house and it's happening over this nation it's producing the gathering of a rain cloud so I want to encourage someone who's being faithful on their knees who has cried many tears of intercession, who has petitioned the Lord, and you feel like nothing's shifting. I'm here to tell you in the spirit, I see the condensation that is taking place, and there is heavy rain clouds being built over this house. There are heavy rain clouds being built over your house, and there are heavy rain clouds gathering over this nation. One of our students, Abigail, she came to me at the beginning of service, and she began to release a prophetic word over our nation, and it was so confirming. She didn't even know what I was about to release, and it's the second time it's come to me this week, the second prophetic word that this hundred days of preparation is bigger than redemption to the nation's church, and this hundred days of preparation is bigger than the city of Chattanooga. I'm here to tell you this hundred days of preparation is building a rain cloud that stretches from coast to coast over this nation there is a rain cloud forming as we seek the Lord and I declare we are about to experience double rain so breakthrough comes in faithfulness to the rain cycle and what happens on the ground affects what happens in the heavenlies now I'm here to tell you there are some things that will block the rain cycle in the spirit. There are some things that will block the heavenlies in the spirit. And we see this in 2 Kings when the spirit of Jezebel has overtaken the nation, God's people. And because of that, a drought comes upon the land. 
a drought comes upon the land. Because what the enemy will do, he will try to short circuit that evaporation of the prayers and the worship and, and the tears before the Lord. And he will try to sow his own clouds over a group of people. The problem is he cannot produce rain. He can only produce drought. And we see when God's people were under the spell of Jezebel, when God's people were bound by the witchcraft of Jezebel, when a nation was wrapped up in mixed worship and idolatry, when a nation was obsessed with control and building its own kingdom and not yielded to Yahweh, it produced a drought that covered the entire land. I think this is why our nation has been in a drought. I have fought hell for the past 24 hours over what I'm about to say. And by golly, I will not put this microphone down until this assignment is done. The spirit of Jezebel that has vexed our nation, its claws have been in our nation. I'm here to tell you there is an anointing as the anointing on Jehu that is about to be released on a nation. And the claws of Jezebel are about to withdraw their hold on this nation. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the news channels are saying. I don't care what social media is saying. The United States does not belong to Jezebel. The United States does not belong to the spirit spirit of Jezebel and I came to serve notice tonight the rain is coming and the drought of Jezebel will end over this nation so there's this spirit of Jezebel we don't have time to preach we'll let Kevin do that idolatry killing of the young obsession with one generation and an annihilation of the next a control of leadership. Jezebel never wants to be the head. She just wants to turn the head. A control of leadership. A pushing of an agenda. Jezebel, the only people that serve her are eunuchs. She's about cutting off the ability to reproduce in a nation. And she brings a, a drought upon the land. And I'm here to tell you the only way to break a drought is to have a body of water that is rebuilt upon the ground. Something has to happen in this dimension before something will shift in that dimension. And I heard the Lord say, Devin, wet altars will equal heavy rain clouds. Dry altars equal droughts in the spirit. But wet altars will equal heavy rain clouds. What are wet altars? Wet altars are altars that have been saturated with the sacrifice of worship, with the sacrifice of prayer, altars that are saturated with the tears of God's people. How do you know this is a recipe to end the drought? Because it's exactly what Elijah did. It was a drought. Water was scarce. You know this story. I'm not going to re-preach it, although I would love to. It's such a great sermon. He took a dry altar in a dry place and he poured the waters of sacrifice on the altar he dug a ditch and you need to remember that for the end of this word he dug a ditch around the altar and he poured bucket after bucket of costly water on the altar what are you saying pastor Devin convenience will not end the drought what costs us nothing will not end the drought in this nation 
Gone are the days of convenience for the church. Why was I saying that in worship? Because the Lord is coming after it for the body of Christ. Gone are the days of the props. Gone are the days of us riding up someone else's back to encounter the glory of the Lord. God is looking for a people that will wet the altars with a costly sacrifice, that will pour it out bucket by bucket, even in the middle of the drought, and say, Father, you are worth it all. Someone who will let the tears fall again. Wet altars will equal heavy rain clouds. And this morning, as the tears started for me, and I just can't turn them off, they have been tears of purging in my spirit, my own working of repentance, my own humbling myself before the Lord, my own exposing of the parts of Devon that God needs to have a hold of, and God wants me to surrender and this morning as I tried to get to church and I tried to worship and all I could do was cry, I had to leave in the middle of service because I was a hot mess. Because all of the makeup that I had put on my face to make myself not look like I had been up all night, it was running down my face and down my neck, black streaks. And I went to the back and I got wet wipes and I just wiped it all off. And I came back out to service. Why are you saying this? Because this afternoon, when I tried to put it back on, God said, don't bother. Don't bother. I said, wow, thank you, Father. It was one thing to make me go without makeup during quarantine. Now you're going to make me preach that way. He said, Devin, you can't rebuke Jezebel and look like her. Now hold your breath. I am not preaching about makeup, and I'll have it back on next Sunday. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's a prophetic symbol. Because as the rain started falling from my eyes, what I had used to mask me began to melt in a puddle. And I'm here to tell you, the Lord said, the church will never have authority over Jezebel as long as we look like her. As long as we cohabitate with her. Jesus said it like this in the book of Revelation. It don't matter if you get in bed with her. What I'm mad about is that you're tolerating her. We think as long as we keep our hands clean, we are not responsible. But the idolatry that's taking place in the house of God, from the pulpits of God, from the stages of God in the name of ministry, God said if we don't have wet altars, and if you're going to keep that facade on, I'm not going to be able to end this drought. So I want to remind us of a word I didn't prophesy, but Tommy Ariomi prophesied at Ruach. Let me just remind you. It says this in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, that Satan is the God of this world. That word world is the word cosmos. He is the God of this world. He is the God of cosmos. And that is the root word we got for our word cosmetics. I, I'm not preaching against makeup. I will wear it again, but I am preaching against spiritual makeup. I am preaching against the fa facade, the cosmetics of the church. What we have done to hide our lack of prayer, what we have done to hide our, compla our, co our compromise, what we have done to hide our complacency, what we have done to hide our idolatry, we have learned to put on a good facade. We've learned to get up and put our makeup on and keep going with service even with the glory of God. It's no we're near the house and God is tired of the cosmetics.
Because Jezebel knows how to look good even though she's full of dead men's bones. Even when she knew her days were numbered, the first thing she did was paint her face so she didn't look like the death she was about to experience. So I came tonight with a bare face to prophesy in these hundred days this is what the Lord wants to do for us personally and for the bride of Christ. He wants the cosmetics gone. He wants the facade gone. And he wants us to quit tolerating the compromise and the idolatry of Jezebel. Jezebel comes to kill the voice of the prophetic. And that's why I'm getting this off my shoulders tonight. I'm not wrestling that devil one more night. She comes to kill the voice of the prophetic. And if I've ever seen a season in our nation where the voice of the prophetic has been assassinated from the church, it's now. But don't you confuse the authentic with what has been cosmetically applied. I don't care if they called themselves a prophet. I don't care how good they made you feel. Don't you confuse the cosmetic with the authentic. And I'm here to tell you the authentic prophetic voices are rising up in this nation. And Jezebel will not have all the prophets. They are hidden in a cave preserved for this hour. And names you don't even know are about to come out of the cave with the word of the Lord in their belly and prophesy reign over this nation. Jezebel hates the prophets because it's the declaration of the prophets that hold up and release the reign. We need the voice of the prophet to release the reign in this hour. And so God is removing worldly systems from the church. And I declare tonight in our time of intercession, we will be addressing the spirit of Jezebel. And I declare she will not have our sons and daughters. She will not have this land that belongs to Jesus. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And the nations are his inheritance. And we are redemption to the nations. And before we save another nation, there is an oil on this house. And there is a gift of healing on this house for the very nation in which we reside. And I declare where the enemy has fought the hardest the oil will flow the greatest and I declare there is a revival that the Lord has locked up in the heavenlies and rain is about to fall on America again and God's word will be accomplished and Jezebel will be overthrown in the name of Jesus somebody shout double rain double rain don't you feel it in the spirit don't you feel it in the spirit? So the word of God says his reign will not return void. It will completely saturate the ground. And it will bring harvest. So this is what I want to prophesy about the rain. That when rain falls, it awakens seed. We can do a lot of work to put seed in the ground, but without rain, it will not grow. This is the marrying of our natural efforts with his supernatural glory. There are things God requires of us. We are the sowers. We are the ones who are going to walk in obedience and till the ground, put the seed in his ground, declare his word, put it in the ground. But without a supernatural rain from heaven, all of our effort will produce nothing. It will lie dormant until the rain comes.
comes from heaven. And I'm here to tell you there's been a whole lot of sowing and a whole lot more sowing we're going to do in the next few days. But I have good news. Not only are you investing in sowing, but the Lord has already prepared the heavy rain clouds over your house and over this nation. And not only are we going to sow, but God is about to send a supernatural rain that will awaken the seed in the ground. Somebody shout, awaken the seed. If you don't have seed in the ground, you don't really care when the rain comes. But if you're a farmer and you planted seed, you count down the days till the rain comes. Because all your work is in vain without the rain. I don't care what system you've developed. I don't care how good you've learned to have church. I don't care how good you've learned to do good deeds. If the rain is not falling in your life, no seed will produce without the rain. But the rain awakens seed. So I'm going to prophesy just a little more. As we are prophesying double rain, I declare double rain means double harvest. Double rain means double harvest of seed. Double rain means double harvest. And we are entering, we have entered according to the Jewish calendar last September. We entered into what's called a Shemitah year. Our staff got to hear this, but I don't know if I've shared this with our church. We entered what's called a Shemitah year. That's not something that necessarily you have to preach from the pulpit. It's just a principle of of the Jewish culture. In Israel today, they are observing the Shemitah year. What is that, Pastor Devin? Well, that Shemitah year happens every seven years, with one of those Shemitah years on the 50th year being Jubilee. That Shemitah year happens every seven years, and it's a principle of sowing and reaping. And what happens is they work the ground for harvest for six years, but on the seventh year, they rest. It is built upon the principle, the command of the Lord, and the principle of the seven days of creation that God created, and then he rested. And so during a Shemitah year, all over Israel, no one is sowing. No one is plowing. They have greenhouses that are producing their food. They've stored up. It's like a Sabbath day, but it's an entire year. So it's it's just really crazy for their agricultural economy. But this is what happens in the Shemitah year. How do they survive then, Pastor Devin? I'm glad you asked. There are some rules about the Shemitah year that helps everyone survive. Number one, the ground is not plowed and tilled and new seed is not sown. But... There is already seed that has been left under the ground from previous years of sowing and reaping. And so during the Shemitah year, listen, new seed is not planted, but the rain falls on seed that's already hidden under the ground. And the harvest that Israel experiences during the seventh year, the Shemitah year, is not a harvest of new seed, but it's a harvest of years previous seed. So they actually don't know what's going to pop up. It's like a surprise every day. It could be seed that was left a year ago or two years ago or six years ago. But whatever was left dormant, the resting year gives an opportunity for old seed to rise to the surface and produce new fruit. Do you hear what I am prophesying in the spirit? Some of you thought that you were going to work for this harvest. And I'm here to tell you, you've already worked for it. Generations before us already worked for it. What we are about to see, no man will take glory for. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has 
in store. And I'm here to tell you, we have no idea what's about to pop up in the ground of the Spirit. Years of prayer, years of words, years of prophetic declarations. This is the year that the rain's about to fall on what's already been planted. Shout Smita year. So it's a year of rest that still produces harvest. And because no man can take glory for the fruit during the Shemitah year, whatever grows in any field is free to everybody. Territorialism ends. Because I didn't sow it. So if it grows in my field, it is credited to God Almighty. And any poor person, any poverty-stricken person, the people that don't have property, they can gather any of the fruit growing in the field, any of the vegetation growing on the field, because God is given glory for what grows in the Shemitah year. And I'm here to tell you God is sick and tired of man trying to share glory with him. And what he's about to do will not be credited to any person who could have built it, manufactured it, produced it. I declare no one's going to be able to claim it. They're not going to be able to mark their territory and say, this is my fruit, this is my field. But I declare the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And whatever grows this year in the Spirit, it is free to anyone and it is free to all because God is credited with the glory. Somebody shout amen. What we're about to see spring up in the spiritual atmosphere no man or movement will take credit for. Only Yahweh. And it's going to produce an awakening of what has been planted. Somebody say double rain, double harvest. So I just want to prophesy God speaks by the weather. I'm going to get real specific. And I was, I don't really have time to watch the weather or the news anymore. Anybody in mom world with me? Like it's just a luxury you don't get. But I happened to be at my mom and dad's house a couple days ago. And I watched the weather report for the nor'eastern that came across our nation. We experienced just a tad of the cold weather. Who got snow at their house? Yeah, I wasn't even prepared for that that day. I was so clueless. And I was watching it. And it was phenomenal. My mom is a northerner. She was watching, you know, Ocean City, Maryland, places she grew up as the snow and the wind was blowing. And the Lord began to speak to me and he said, Dev, go home. I want you to research this nor'eastern. I'm speaking. I'm speaking. And I'm going to go back to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10. For just as rain and snow fall from heaven. Let me say that again. For just as rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat, so shall be my word. And the Lord began to speak to me. And as I researched this nor'eastern, it is a type of, of winter storm. It's actually a cyclone. That takes place, and it only hits the northeastern region of our nation. It comes on that end. The direction of the wind is north. It spins, and it produces these great tidal waves and snow and rain and wind, and it only hits the northeast region. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Devin, I will begin at the northeast region of the United States. There is a stronghold and a root of Jezebel in the northeastern region of our nation. 
There is a stronghold of witchcraft in the northeast region of our nation. And I watched that violent northeastern cover it in inches and inches in feet of snow. And the Lord reminded me, though their sins be as scarlet, I will wash them white as snow. And I was reminded during quarantine, I had that crazy Facebook Live with all of these women. We weren't wearing our makeup. And I was in my office and I was praying. And all of a sudden, my eye... It caught a snow globe that Kevin and I had bought on a Christmas trip to New York City. And I took that snow globe and I began to shake it. And the Lord said, as you are watching this this little depiction of New York City being covered in snow, so shall I send my snow to New York City and to the northeastern part of this nation. And I will purify what the enemy has contaminated. I'm not preaching right now. I'm prophesying. And I prophesied that northeastern was just a physical example of what God is about to do across this nation. And what one month of a hundred days to glory has already stirred up a cyclone right at the heart of Jezebel's camp. God has gone right to the seat of Jezebel's camp. And I prophesy she's going to lose her seat in the northeast region of our nation. I declare that root of witchcraft that is being spoken over the nations from the northeast region of the United States. I declare it is being uprooted. I declare Jezebel is being dethroned. And I declare God is sending a revival like snow to the northeast region of our nation. It shall purify all the way up to the borders of Canada in the name of Jesus. I declare it will penetrate Canada and where the enemy tried to set up camp and choke the life out of the church in the nation of Canada. I declare as the snow is falling, so his glory shall fall on his people. Somebody shout! your English and pray in the Holy Ghost. There's a northeastern cyclone coming to the northeast region of our nation. His word will not return void. It will not return void. It is saturating the ground as we speak and it will produce fruit. Somebody just grab the hand next to you, touch and agree. Say, Father, let your word be so. Thank you for the spinning. Thank you for the cyclone. Thank you for the shifting of wind. You know what feeds the northeastern? The collision of contrary winds and pressure systems. And I just heard the Spirit of the Lord say there's a collision happening over the northeast region of this nation. There's a collision of light and dark. There's a collision of righteousness and unrighteousness. And God is about to blow his wind upon the northeast region of our nation. And what has been dark and what has been unclean, he shall cover with the snow of his glory in the name Jesus, and I declare sparks of revival shall happen even in Maine. 
I hear the Lord saying, Maine has been marked as dark and as void of my glory. I hear the Lord saying, even the occult has claimed the territory of Maine. But I declare there is a remnant even all the way up in Maine. I see it in Rhode Island. I declare the sparks of revival. The embers are burning. The embers are burning. And the wind of God is blowing. And I declare that land is covered in the blood of Jesus. And the King Jesus shall be glorified even from Maine and Rhode Island. Yadabasaya down to Massachusetts all the way down to Virginia, sweeping over our nation's capital in Washington, D.C., from Baltimore all the way up to Washington, D.C. Don't you see it? Did anybody see it in the spirit? I see it. I see it. I see it. Not just rain clouds, but snow clouds, says the Lord. Not just rain clouds that wash, but snow that covers. Not just rain clouds that wash, but snow that covers. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. I'll finish in a minute. I see, Jehu, I see Jehu riding to the northeast. I see the spirit of Jehu traveling to the northeast. Jezebel knows her days are numbered. She is painting her face. She knows what the church doesn't know. Her days are numbered. The oil of Jehu is coming to the northeast region of the United States. And I declare that the Lord shall have glory from that region. Anybody in here from the Northeast? Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Some of you moved here from the Northeast. Stretch your hands toward them right now. Right here, seed, right here. Stretch your hands toward them. You wonder why God sent you here. He sent you here as a remnant to seed in this place of authority and speak to the land which he brought you from. The Lord has gathered a remnant from the Northeast in this house. The Lord said, I call them. I brought them here as a remnant from that place, from that region in this nation to be a group of intercessors, to declare my word and to break the back of Jezebel. You didn't just show up here. You were sent. You were sent. You were sent on assignment. Do it, Father. Woo, just pray for him for a minute. Dry seasons are over. Dry seasons are over. God brought you here to end your dry season. He brought you here to end your dry season so you can be a first fruit that he's about to end the dry season over the region from which he brought you. Oh, I feel you, Jesus. I feel you, Jesus. An awakening of what's already been planted. An awakening of what's already been planted. 
You can keep praying. It's going to happen in the northeast. He's going to the seat. He's going to the seat. And as he moves upon the seat and he dethrones that seat, it's going to sweep down the east coast across the nation all the way to the west coast all the way down to the tip of texas i declare rain clouds are moving moving double rain somebody shout double rain double harvest so i'm going to prophesy this double and then we're going to keep in this vein of intercession why double rain why, God, did you not just say rain? Why double rain? Number one, because we're in the year of double. And we're about to transition in the next 48 hours into the month of double. But the Lord began to show me double in Scripture. Chad, throw up Hosea chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. Hosea chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. Come and let us return to the Lord. For he has torn... But he will heal us. He has smitten, but he will bind us. Keep going. After two days, double, 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 he will revive us. And in the third day, he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Go to the next verse. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning. And she, he shall come to us as the rain as the latter rain and the former rain on the earth. Somebody say latter rain and former rain. Because the rain cycle in Israel had two major outpourings. The former rain and the latter rain. The spring and the fall. One that marked the beginning of harvest and one that marked the end of harvest. And without the release of these seasons of rain, no harvest could be received in Israel. Their economy was dependent on it. Their, their livelihood was dependent on it. And oftentimes when a drought would happen or the former and the latter rain or the autumn, the spring and the autumn rain were altered, the children of Israel knew the Lord was speaking to them. That their hearts had drifted in idolatry and they had turned from him. And here God is promising what I prophesied on November 14th. Does anybody remember the words double restoration? Here he is saying, I am going to restore what I have broken, what I have smitten, what I have torn. And I'm going to restore it in the latter and the former rain. But when you move to Joel chapter 2, go ahead and throw it up there, Chad. Joel chapter 2, verse 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain. When? First now, I know the first month on the Jewish calendar is different than ours, but I'm prophesying on American time right now. In the first month, he said, what used to happen in seasons, I will now put in a cyclone of divine acceleration. What used to happen according to an earthly season, I'm about to shift it into a season of supernatural acceleration.
and you've been in a drought but now I'm about to restore you with double rain I'm not just going to restore the spring rain I'm not just going to restore the fall rain I'm about to give you double rain in the first month of the year out of season for both and I came to prophesy in the month of January, right here in 2022, we are entering a season of double rain. God said, I shall release double restoration upon my people. And I prophesied the former rain and the latter rain are being restored at the same time. And what would have come in a spring harvest and what would have come in a fall harvest are about to come out of season in the natural, but divinely in a Kairos moment in the spirit. Dry seasons are over and double rain is being released. Double harvest is being released. And according to Amos chapter 9 verse 13, when the former and the latter rain collide, something supernatural happens. It says that the harvester will overtake the sower meaning what used to be gathered in seasons will happen in an accelerated moment and as soon as it is sown it will be ready for harvest there will be a collision of sowing and harvesting God is about to jerk the church out of natural what makes sense seasonal harvest into a supernatural cyclone of acceleration and as soon as we sow I declare we will pick it up and reap and the reaper and the harvester will find themselves in the same field because God is releasing double rain somebody shout double rain not only is it a double rain with the former and the latter rain but it's a double rain according to Matthew 5 and 46 are you still with me oh we're just gonna have to hold on to this word tonight Jesus said, it rains on the just and the unjust. Somebody shout, double rain. When it rains, there's not a special rain cloud for the just. And then a special rain cloud for the unjust. What we are praying for what we are sowing for what is accumulating in these spiritual rain clouds over our nation will not only rain on the just but it will rain on the unjust there will be a double rain that will hit both the righteous and the unrighteous same rain but this is what the Lord spoke to me he said it will be the same rain with a different response with a different response. Hold on just a second. There is a rain coming on the just and the unjust, and it will produce a different response. At 4 a.m., I saw two images in my spirit. I went by my mom and dad's house to get I saw a hammer and I saw a shovel. The Lord said, I'm about to send a double rain on this nation and it will build, it will 
bring a different response. It will rain on the just and the unjust, but there will be a different response to what I'm about to do. Because the rain he's about to send will not only remove the cosmetics, but it will bring a purification. It will bring a preparation for his return. It will prep the ground for his glory. And I'm here to tell you, he took me to the reign of Noah. He says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be in the coming of the Son of Man. And as I was in prayer Tuesday, one of our students came to us and said, I keep hearing this verse because this will be a rain that the earth has never seen before. Listen to the word of the Lord tonight. We will see a rain that the earth has never seen before. I want you to let go of all that you've ever experienced. I want you to let go of the predictable encounters you've had in the past. Every revival, every outpouring you've ever thought about that you wish God would repeat. I'm here to tell you he's off the grid of predictability this year. What God is going to do won't fit in just the church house. It won't fit in just your house. He is out for the harvest. He is coming with the reapers for a harvest for his return. And it's a rain we've never seen before. And I'm here to tell you as it rains on the just and the unjust, for some it will bring harvest and restoration. And for some it will bring a shaking and a purifying. And the Lord took me to the book of Noah, where Noah, day by day, for over 100 years, built an ark. Day by day of obedience, he took a hammer, and he took nails, and he took the prototype of heaven, and he built an ark, an ark, and nobody got in the ark but his house. But when the rain started falling, to him it was redemption. To him, it was a moving into the next season for his family. It was a deliverance from the wickedness around him. But to those who would not get in with him and would not build with him, it was a purging. It was a breaking. It was a destruction. This is not to bring fear because you got a hammer in your hand. But I'm here to tell you the shaking is not done yet. I'm here to tell you this rain is like that northeastern. It's not a pretty autumn shower. It is a torrential downpour. And without the proper building and the proper attire, what is meant to bless you could overtake you. And I'm here to tell you God told us just like Noah. He said for a hundred days prepare. For a hundred days, get your heart ready. For a hundred days, get your house ready. What I'm about to do, I can't just send without preparing you. You may not know what it's going to look like. You may not know how, what, how it's going to affect you or your home or what my glory is going to look like. But I'm here to tell you, it will rain on the just and the unjust. And as his glory comes, there will be two different responses. There will be a polarization and an uncovering of middle ground. But I'm here to tell you with a hammer in one hand, we are building an ark for this house and for your house. In your yielded obedience and your intercession, I came to tell you never again should the church be overtaken by what is happening around us. Never again should we succumb to the fear of culture and what is happening as the earth is shaking. God did not leave you uncovered. He built you a boat called his son Jesus Christ. Christ, and you are hidden as the floodwaters come. So he said, Devin, you tell the families 
that as they prepare and build, I'm reminded in the 90 days of glory, God gave Kevin a word. He said every family that connects to this is releasing a generational blessing over their house. And I'm here to tell you as you do these 100 days of preparation, you're not just building for you. You are building for your children. You are building for your children's children. You are building for your grandchildren that haven't even been born yet. There's a swirling in the spirit and what you are sowing, what you are prepping for is building an ark for what is to come. And then God said, but you're also going to get a shovel. And he took me to the story where Elijah prophesied in 2 Kings chapter 3. It was a very dry season. Y'all know where I'm going. I said, Lord, what's the shovel? He said, Devin, not only are you building a boat to shield your family from what's coming, you are digging ditches to harvest what I am about to pour out. Dry ground cannot handle the flooding of rain. What will happen if dry ground is not prepped for what is coming? The floodwaters will come and bounce off the surface of the rocky soil because when it's so dry, it cannot absorb what's coming. And I'm here to tell you, God is not going to waste his glory. He's given us time to prep the dry ground of our hearts, prep the dry ground of our home, and prep the dry ground of this nation and he said it may look dry now but for the next hundred days dig a ditch just like Elijah took and dug a ditch around the altar in that drought so it could hold the water I'm here to tell you not only are you building a boat but you are digging a ditch shout dig a ditch what God is about to pour out he is looking for new wine skins to hold if we don't make room in our hearts and we don't make room in our homes, we won't have a ditch to hold what God is about to do. Look at your neighbor and say, get a hammer and build a boat and get a shovel and dig a ditch because double rain is coming. So I begin to intercede this morning. I said, Lord, I know Wallace's house, I dig a ditch. I won't waste what you're pouring out in the Wallace house. We build a boat called obedience, and we will not be overcome. We will not be overtaken by what is coming. And when this double rain comes, according to Isaiah 55, it says this. Chad, will you throw up Isaiah 55? It says this. For just as rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat, so my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I sent it to do. You will indeed go out with joy. Somebody shout joy. And be peacefully guided. The mountains and the hills will break into singing before you. And all the field, trees of the field will clap their hands. Listen. Instead of thorn bushes, a cypress tree will come up. Instead of the briar, a myrtle will come up. This will stand as a monument for the Lord. An everlasting sign that will not be destroyed. I want you to hear me. When the rain comes, the vegetation changes. 
When the rain comes, the vegetation changes. The vegetation that grows in a dry place is very different than the vegetation that grows in a place that is saturated with rain. Right here, we see two pieces of vegetation that only grow in dry seasons, thorn bushes and briars. I don't have time to preach them tonight, but the thorn bush pierces and causes great pain, and the briar chokes the life out of green vegetation. And we've seen a season of choking and a season of pain in the dry season of the church and in the dry season of this nation. We have seen the vegetation of thorns and briars growing up even in the church of the living God. But I'm here to tell you that as the dry season ends and the rain pours out, the vegetation that is growing on the landscape of this nation will change. God said instead of a briar, instead of a thorn bush, a cypress will come up. And instead of the briar, a myrtle will come up. You can help whenever you want to now. Here we go. Instead of a thorn bush, a cypress will come up. What does that mean, Pastor Devin? Well, the cypress and the myrtle are both evergreen trees. That means that once they sprout green leaves in any season, at any time, any time of the year, they never lose their green growth and life. Somebody shout evergreen. Seasonal Christian living is ending. Seasonal Christian revival is ending. Seasons of the church where we're up and we're down and we're in and we're out, it's ending. God is going to make his people an evergreen. The thorns and the briars are leaving and evergreen trees are springing up. What does the cypress represent? I'm glad you asked. In the Jewish culture, a cypress represented life after death. So much so that you will find near many tombs and graves that the Jewish people would plant a cypress tree to represent that where that tomb may represent death, there is life after that death. Oh, I'm going to preach it. I came to preach a divine turnaround in this season of double rain. What was dead is about to live again. What you think is buried is about to come back to life. And I'm here to tell you, you may think the church is down and out for the count, but this double rain is about to spring up a cypress tree. And where there was a grave and where there was a tomb, I declare life is about to spring up. Somebody shout divine turnaround. If you need a divine turnaround for something dead in your life, I want you to shoot your hands up right now. I prophesy no longer were briars and thorn bushes choke out the word of the Lord, but his word is coming coming like double rain and thorns and briars shall be uprooted and I declare a cypress tree called turnaround is springing forth in your life in this double rain somebody say I receive turnaround not only will a cypress tree replace the thorn bush but a myrtle will replace the briar. Where the briar chokes the life out of something, I want to tell you that a myrtle grows along water courses. As we dig ditches and as the rain falls and as the river of God falls, I'm here to tell you myrtles grow up in water courses. And this is where a cypress represents a turnaround. A myrtle represents a comeback. Somebody shout comeback. Comeback. 
I declare in this double reign, there's about to be a comeback of some people who were cut down. There's about to be a comeback in some places that were cut down. Why does the myrtle represent a comeback? Because the myrtle is one of the few trees that when it is cut down to a stump, will still re-sprout and grow all over again. Meaning the myrtle can be cut, it can be cut, it can be cut, it can be cut, till nothing but a little stump is left. But don't you underestimate the stump of a myrtle. At the scent of water, according to the word of God, it will spring forth life again. And I'm here to tell you, some of you have been cut down and cut down. Your house has been cut down. Your promises have been cut down and all you feel like is a little stump and you thought it was over. But I came to tell you the double rain is about to produce new life out of that stump. There's a divine comeback coming to the church. There's a divine comeback coming to the bride of Christ. It's not over. It's not over. God is not done. And I declare the double rain is bringing double restoration. Stand with me all over this house. Hands lifted. Hands lifted. Double. Double. Oh God. Let your word be as alive in your people as it is fiery in my belly right now. I thank you, Father, as we cross over from the first to the second month, there is a double rain being released. We declare the clouds are heavy and a double rain is falling. And I thank you, Father, that the spirit of Jezebel that has held back the rain is being broken. It's being broken in the name of Jesus. And I declare the double reigns of restoration are coming to your people. The double reign of joy is coming to your people. The double reign of glory is coming to your people. Keep those hands lifted. I looked all afternoon for a yellow raincoat and yellow rain boots because that's the vision I had this morning. I couldn't find them. I'll keep those hands lifted. So I said, Father, why? I tried, but I need to ask you why. Until I looked up what yellow means in the Bible. And yellow is the color of the glory of God. Well, nah, duh, Devin, we're in a hundred days to glory. Of course it's yellow. But yellow is also the color of joy. Yellow is the color of glory, and yellow is the color of joy. And if I could wave a yellow flag before you right now, I prophesy that there is a yellow flash of color coming from heaven. A yellow flash of color coming from heaven over this place tonight. And God said, as this double rain falls, I will bring double restoration, and I will bring double joy. Somebody say, turn around. Somebody say, come back. Father, I declare right now over every hand that's lifted that there's a turnaround. What the enemy put in motion, I declare a cyclone of your reign is turning it around, turning it around, turning it around. What looks like it's over is not over. I declare there's a divine turnaround. What seems dead shall live again in Jesus' name. Prophesy it to yourself. Father, I declare there's a comeback. There's a comeback. Father, what has been cut down, it's not over. 
What's been cut down, it's not done. And I declare it the scent of water, it springs forth again in this double rain. And I declare even in the month of February, we will see a double restoration of turnaround and come back. Turnaround and come back. Turnarounds and comebacks as the double rain of restoration falls. Just lay your hands on your neighbor's shoulder and start releasing this word over them. Father, I declare a turnaround over this nation. I declare a turnaround over this nation. I declare a comeback over this nation. I declare a comeback over the bride of Christ in this nation. There is hope for a tree that even when it's been cut down at the scent of water, at the very scent of water, it will live again. I declare a divine turnaround and I declare a comeback. Who needs that word in this house? Raise your hand. Pray for your neighbor right now. Don't wait on me. Pray the heavens are heavy over us. Kev, when you're ready, just tell me. I know you've got a word to release. There's a shifting even now. There's a life springing forth right now. There's a divine reversal in this room. A divine reversal. Some promises you thought were cut down, they are coming back to life. Now somebody just needs to raise their hands and in the spirit start digging a ditch. Start digging a ditch. I want you to mark your address. Raise those hands and say, Father, I am digging out a place for your rain to fall in my heart, in my home. Hey, my gosh, Shobahaya. Dry seasons are over. Rain is coming. I pick up a shovel because this dry season is ending and rain is coming. Hey, Mashokotaya. Give me that red flag. Oh, raise those hands. I'm just going to go ahead and be crazy, Devin. I declare dry seasons are over. And rain is coming. Father, I wave a banner of victory in this place tonight. I wave a red flag of victory in this place tonight. I plead the blood of Jesus over your people. I declare Jezebel's days are done. There's a wave of victory coming over this place. Some of you just need to wave something. You need to wave it as a declaration of victory. 
region over this nation in the name of Jesus we declare the chokehold of Jezebel is being broken over this nation let the sons and daughters and the mothers and fathers lift their voice right now we declare rain is coming we declare rain is coming we hear the sound of an abundance of rain in the name of Jesus, right now, cry out for the nation. Call for the rain. Call for the rain. Father, even over Washington right now, we declare spiritual rain clouds give birth. Spiritual rain clouds give birth. That's right. Begin to travail over this nation. Go ahead, declare a turnaround over this nation. Declare a comeback over this nation. Hey! Lift your voice. Oh, Jesus. We declare the cosmetics are coming up. Father, the bride is rising. We declare rain. Rain over New York. Rain over Washington. Rain all the way to Los Angeles. We declare rain. We declare rain over Chattanooga. over this nation. Bo shena bakoriyama. 
more seconds, pray for this nation.
there's a breaking in this house right now, lift your hands. Breaking forth, they're springing forth. And a Messiah, dry seasons are over. Oh, dry seasons are over. Family down like a stump. I declare right now there's a wave of double. 